Welcome back to this week's episode of The Emily Show. Today, I am bringing you a very special conversation with my friend, Sarah Galley. She is the host of the amazing Andy's Girls podcast. She spills all of the tea, all of it, with her guests regarding, you know, all things Bravo. We spoke for hours about everything going on with Erica Girardi and about kind of our thoughts, our viewpoints, the legal of this case, the ins and outs. And not just that, we got into so many topic areas. I really love Sarah's take. She doesn't shy away from the shade, but is also really emotionally intelligent and very thoughtful in the way she approaches the topics that she covers, which makes the conversation so fun. She and I love a good Kiki. She starts her show with taglines. I love it so much. And I really wanted to share this conversation with you because I thought it was great. And I also want to take a minute to encourage you to go and listen to her podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's Andy's Girls. You can also follow her at Dame Galley on Instagram. I will link all of those things in the show notes for this episode so you can go find her. She is fantastic. I hope you enjoy this conversation in this episode that we did on her podcast together. So you're going to get to hear her intro and outro and hear about her extra bonus episodes over on her Patreon. And I appreciate her for letting me share this episode over here on my podcast too. I always love my conversations with her. I've had another interview with her and I will link that below too. So you can go check it out if you enjoyed this one. So let's get into this week's episode of the Emily show. Hey there. Welcome to the Emily show. I'm your host, Emily D Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years, I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. Okay, before we get all the way into it, I am inspired to share another tagline because it is an Andy's Girls episode. I share one on this episode. They're hard to think of. If you think of your housewives tagline, will you please share it with me on social media? Either a picture of you listening to this episode and tag me on Instagram at the Emily D Baker or share it with me on Twitter when I share this episode out in the comments. I want to know what would your housewives tagline It's hard to think of. It's hard to think of, but I think mine for today is I might have moved to the country, but I'm still bougie. (laughs) That's how I'm feeling today. That's just the mood. Let's get into this wonderful episode with me and Sarah over on the Andy's Girls podcast. I live in New York City and your mind. I might have purple hair, but I'm still a professional. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I have pink with envy. Oh, it doesn't work unless it's green, but I don't care. You guys. It's Andy's Girls. It's episode 232. If you guys could see me, which you will never, without my absolute favorite filter plus four more. If you could see me, you could see me 
literally a glow. One of my favorite people, the smartest minds of not just our generation, but <laughs> any. The queen of YouTube. You know, you could call her a legal commentator and former prosecutor, or you could say she's everyone's favorite legal commentator, and she's the host of the Emmy. <laughs> Emmy. Emmy. I was going to say Emmy. The Emmy Award winning. Just speak it, it into existence. It, I don't even think that's a thing. It literally. <laughs> YouTube, if you're listening, anywhere you can get content, she's the host of the Emily Show, a spiritual Emmy winner. We'll just say we it. We just said it. We we'll said it, it and there. that's how facts work. Just ask, ask the uh, Girardis. Where she gives a fresh take on legal commentary in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. You love her. I love her. Welcome back to the People's People's Couch. Emily D. Baker, how I'm are you? I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. You, I'm sure your audience can tell that we are so ready to dive in and start talking. <laughs> We're literally like ready to dive in and start talking and we're like intro we don't need it nobody needs an intro we need to talk we just have been dying to talk to each other for weeks so I'm so excited to be here so we can chat I feel like the timing is so good also I just need to say like caution I've watched the Beverly Hills episode several times which I normally do but I am also living inside of that episode that side that episode is now me I have become that episode Perfect. that episode has become me I literally can't stop talking about it. I'm going to do a live commentary for Patreon for like the last 10 minutes of oh, it because I, I need to break down the minutiae. I've just posed it as like a question on IG stories. of like, do you guys want this? But I just literally yes. decided while talking out loud that I need it for yes. my spiritual journey. So that's happening. So we just need to get that out of the way that like this is maybe going to be BH heavy because I'm sorry. But... I've, I've watched it too. And and we can absolutely talk about it. I'm caught up like I'm caught up on the Thank legal. God. I'm caught up on the TV and I get asked people are like do you have time to do anything else I'm like not right now because the lawyers have gone wild mm. like the lawyers it's lawyers gone wild the courts are <sighs> opening up after COVID and everybody's mm. like we have things to file let's move it along and it's been so so busy can I ask and this can have this could have a can you imagine if you were like absolutely not show over <laughs> okay guys great I would can still I love ask? it Never. I would still love it absolutely not um defense rest uh okay question for you and this doesn't have to be like quasi pop culture related or bravo related when what is the ask you are hearing from people right now of I need to hear more about tell me more about I have questions about I have opinions about what is the and this could probably change hour by hour. It it likely yeah. does. But right now, what is the story that people are asking you about? And then what is your passion pursuit? People want to know about Britney and people want mm. to understand Britney. Brit it's mm -hmm. it's it's Britney. If mm -hmm. it's not a story I'm covering, like that's something I am covering. So I'm talking about it a lot. So I'm not surprised I get asked about it a lot. The thing that I'm not really covering that I get asked about a lot is YouTube on YouTube drama. So I will get asked like, oh, my God, James Charles is back. What do you think? Or there's this this beef going on with Gabby Hanna. What do you think? And so I'll get asked my opinion on non-legal drama in the YouTube space. And then I get asked most about the stories that I'm covering. And right now it is Brittany and Girardi. And then people are like, are we coming back to Jen Shaw? I'm like, oh, don't worry. We'll be we'll be back to dry contacts. Don't don't you worry about it. That one's moving oh a little God. slower. We'll get there. Criminal justice moves slow. So but the number one thing is Britney, Britney, Britney. Like it's Britney, bitch. That that's the answer. Can I? Can you give a little bit 
of a summary, an elevator pitch of why people should care. I think everyone cares. But what is your reasoning for why this is a story that not only kind of demands to be told, but has, you know, applications in a lot of different um, interests for folks from a pop culture perspective, from a potential criminal justice, per- not criminal justice, but like uh, we never justice, know legal justice. We're, 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 we never that's know. True. It's not really a slip. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That might have been my brain right there. You know, a lot of 24 carats. Um, uh, much like the color of my glasses, which I just told Emily was almost a tagline this week. Um, listen, tell me what's your, what is your reasoning about why that story just drives you personally? I think the interesting thing about this is it's a really different understanding of like law versus personal rights, constitutional Mm. rights, disability rights, personal autonomy, personal autonomy as a woman. I mean, her daddy's in charge of her uterus. It's concerning and it's <sighs> shocking. And it's it's something where after hearing her in court and that audio leaking, and I'm so torn about it because there's the pop culture Emily side of me is like, good. She spoke with her whole body about what mm-hmm. she's been going through and she wanted people to hear her. But also you can't illegally record court proceedings and put them on the <laughs> internet. So like lawyer side of me is like, Ugh. Yeah. and Emily side of me is like, she wanted to be heard and Everyone who was interested in hearing her got to hear her and got to hear her inflection and hear how she spoke about things. But it is a big question between if she is so incapacitated that this is what's appropriate and that doesn't seem to be the case from everything that we've seen. And so is is one of our brightest pop stars being stripped of literally all of her rights based on either mistruths or based on negligence or based on this ongoing perception that, you know, women can't manage themselves because we've seen male celebrities go well off the rails and not end up in conservatorships like this. And, and we've seen Kanye West um, comes up a lot in juxtaposition to this talk Mm. openly about his mental health struggles and be allowed to talk openly about them have um, very impassioned moments. And he tweeted that Kim and her mom were getting on a plane to try to put him on a psych hold. And he was like, I'm not having it. But he was a little older when that was going on than Brittany was. So we have a lot of different types of rights all in one case with a figure that I think a lot of us love. And after some of the articles that have come out and after framing Britney Spears, I think a lot of us look back at the early 2000s and go, oh, God, that no, that was bad. We know the way she was treated was very unfairly. And we could see kind of the media spin in it looking back now 20 some odd years. And the wild thing is, I'm going to say something, guys, and just ride the train with me because you're so emotionally intelligent and we agree to disagree and blah, blah, blah. But there is a level of complicity that I feel as someone who was possibly entertained the the head knowing that she it was a cry for help now and also knowing the change in how we talk about a system that existed in many ways to break these women down there was entertainment that people got from her pain there was a way that we were able to separate ourselves and our own humanity from watching the structure of a human person 
who was obviously crying out, but at one point doing so in a way that we thought was a part of her participating in this, the like dating the paparazzi member. There were areas in which, you know, that have been unpacked in the latest um, deep dive uh, in The New Yorker. Mm -hmm. But there are ways that I thought that she was a participant when really she was actually in this whirlwind in which she was looking for control in an area where she had absolutely none and understanding that so much of her projection of her pain was like a result of the abuse of like her divorce settlement and custody case being used against her and then her being upset about that and that upset being weaponized against her and also the idea that regardless of her mental health state which is and I say this guys with all respect truly none of our business yeah you cannot go on social media and talk about well she's you know she's obviously struggling or she seems really fragile I I get that I get the fragility certainly and I know it's meant with empathy by people so it's I I'm not saying that as a critique of someone I'm just saying ultimately it is actually quite literally none of our business But the idea that they have been able to essentially market and develop a strategy of ownership of her around weaponizing how she felt 13 years ago is wild. And how she behaved 13 years ago. And I think all the deep dives I've done into this, I look at all the circumstances leading up to it. I'm like, no one would have dealt with that well. No one Mm -hmm. would have dealt with two kids back to back close in time, a controlling family, a public divorce, judges that were telling her that she was, you know, unstable or unwell. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder how much of that was, oh, well, we don't understand how she's behaving. So we're going to label her as unstable or unwell. And then there was this um, cultural kind of cheering for the downfall. And we see that we Mm -hmm. see the we see it on Twitter and we see it in, you know, YouTube drama. We see people almost gamifying the downfall of creators and celebrities and kind of rooting for them to fail. And it's, it's a very interesting aspect. I think we are getting as a society more aware of that going, no, no, it's not Mm -hmm. okay to just keep poking fun and riding this train down. But when you saw framing Britney Spears and they pulled up all those old clips of interviews and, Mm -hmm. you know, we had the, governor's wife saying I'd like to shoot Britney Spears I'm like you're making death threats against a young pop star like what in the world is happening and Diane Sawyer's like co-signing it it's just I think looking back at it especially the younger the younger of us the 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 you know Gen Z is going to look at that and go what were you all doing in the 90s and early 2000s and I I look back at it going this is horrible but look at how far we've come I just think that in that time, society has changed, but in that time, in 13 years, Britney has probably also changed. And whether she needs a conservatorship or not, clearly this is not the least restrictive means to ensure her safety. She clearly doesn't feel safe or supported, and that's a huge problem for me. Also, people are allowed to struggle with mental health and not have their entire financial freedom taken away. People are go. allowed to struggle. People are allowed to make bad choices. People are allowed to blow their money if they want to, as long as it's their money. <clears throat> Girardi. People are allowed <laughs> to make bad choices. And you don't always need bumpers for that. You're allowed to live your life. We have personal rights and freedoms. And all of that's been taken away from her 
on a premise 13 years ago that I don't think is still accurate. And even in her mom's latest court documents, her mom said, what was true in 2008 is not true now. This needs to be looked at and she needs her own attorney to come in here and kind of shake things up because this, all of it seems um, like there's a lot of questions and somebody else needs to get their eyes on all the documents that are sealed and really see what's going on. If she does need help or she does is particularly vulnerable, there's got to be a better way to go about it because she's saying this isn't it. And that should be the overriding thing of her saying this isn't it. I also think if you have a toxic parent who you had a difficult relationship with, who maybe had a difficult relationship with your fame, success, power, and wealth, who is now in a position to run your life and punish you if you decide to have a different opinion, I truly cannot imagine that. I do have relationships with family members where I'm like, there would be literally no way that I would ever, because I love you too much, that I know that this might not work out and it has nothing to do with whatever. It's just like that there are areas, it's not about mixing business and pleasure to me. It's about the fact that many of those structures become toxic at the foundational level. And then you're just trying to like strip away some of that, but you're just creating a deeper hole. The fact that he is now in this kind of position, a man who appears to have lived a life that was incredibly reckless. And he is the one who is supposed to take care of his quote unquote sick daughter, health, yeah. unhealthy child, person who is unsafe to themselves and yet able to go on and choreograph world tours. Right. I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fit. And he was allowed to make all of his life's mistakes, right? Brittany mm-hmm. has not been allowed to make very many mistakes. She's been, you know, in the public eye since she was on the Mickey Mouse Club. People make mistakes at the age Brittany was making mistakes. Hers were just in the public eye. You know, if if the relationships I had had at like 16, 17 years old had been trotted out in the public eye, it wouldn't have been pretty. All of us make those mistakes. All of us are allowed to grow and evolve. She hasn't been allowed to do that. And then they put, you know, these bumpers around her to put her in her house and say, sit there and wait till you're ready to perform and don't do anything else. It's deeply troubling. It it hurts my heart for her. And she's not happy. Most people in a conservatorship are incapacitated in a way where this is not their lives don't feel restricted to them because it's the life that is appropriate. And so it's it's not generally a level of awareness going, oh, I hate this. Um, Brittany clearly feels that she is enslaved by her family. And that's exactly mm. what she said to the court. And it just, he's in charge of all of her money. If she wants to go to Hawaii, she can't just get a ticket and go to Hawaii. She has to go through approval and ask her dad if she's allowed to go on vacation if she needs to spend money, if she wanted to go have a spa weekend or wanted to do whatever, the money has to get approved by her father. And so to have to, in your 40s, ask your daddy if you can spend the money that you earned feels so restrictive. And the thing that was so staggering to me in this before we move on back into Bravo Mm -hmm. was one of the things she said was, I just want to be able to drive in my boyfriend's car. Like, I really just want my boyfriend to be able to come and pick me up and I'm like, if that's that's such a basic 
fundamental, simple, day-to-day, normal life thing that she is asking for because she has never been allowed to have that. Mm -hmm. She's earned her money. She should be allowed to have that. I think her only way forward right now is is potentially announcing that she's retiring because as, as it became clear that she might retire, her old business manager has resigned. The trust company has asked to resign. Her court-appointed attorney has asked to resign. And I wonder if people see the money train coming into the station a little bit and are going, oh, well, this isn't going to be as lucrative. Her father gets paid more than she does. These lawyers, there's a, there is billing right now that is before the court to be heard on July 14th that's probably going to get bumped where Jamie Spears' lawyers in under three months spent over $800,000 <gasps> of the estate's money in legal fees. So the the people in charge of asking for this to end are the people also in charge of the money, which is always my problem I have with government. When the people in charge of the money are the people who are in charge of disgorging themselves from the money, mm. it's always deeply concerning to me. Everyone in this thing except the judge is making money on this conservatorship. I mean... Her court-appointed attorney is making $500,000 a year. Oh, that's not why I'm saying I mean... I mean, well... Her dad's that making, judge. Uh, that judge seems like a real peach. I mean, she's if, she's if, a big fan of if helping the judge them is on the continue take, this. The, the it would be a very very unusual circumstance that would come to light. And if it does come to light, we will absolutely have a conversation. But this is why getting getting outside attorneys involved in this yes is a very very good thing. But it's L.A. law can be very incestuous. We'll talk about this with the Girardis too. I mean, the the judge on her family law case was a professor of mine in law school. It is L.A. is very, though L.A. is big, the L.A. legal circles can be very, very small. The thing with the judge, I think the reason I'm a little a go fuck yourself <laughs> is not whether or not she's getting a bonus from Santa, a Venmo now and again, a legit check. It's the idea that there is a 10-minute hearing when she was assigned the conservatorship with no rebuttal. There has been no conversation with any judge or presiding party over, as you said, like, does this always need to be as restrictive? Isn't the point of the conservatorship to get someone out of it instead of having it continue until infinity? And the idea that it is a quote-unquote mad woman. A woman gone cray. Right. This, who we must yes. help against her best interest. These poor women and all of their emotions that make their little woman brains right. unable to understand money and personal safety. That yeah. that is the under that is one of the overriding things for me because again, we have not seen male celebrities treated this way when they go off the rails. They have mm-hmm. been allowed autonomy over themselves and their money, and no one has stepped in saying, hey. We need to we need to take control here. But Britney, clearly what was going on with Britney in 2007 and 2008 was a tremendous struggle. I don't think it's an unjustified struggle looking at all the factors there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for them to say, oh, clearly she needs to be locked up. Her money needs to be taken away and we have to we have to protect her. I feel like she's a modern day Rapunzel. They've like thrown her into the tower mm-hmm. for her own good, despite whether it's actually for her own good. And it's it's just it's not the way a man in her situation would be treated and that's still shocking to me and the original judge who's retired really just pushed this thing through and i 
I have a lot of questions about that. And I think we'll see more and more coming out about it as more and more people look into this story and start digging back to what actually happened. The current judge was pissed that the New York Times got sealed documents and was Mm -hmm. equally pissed that the recording was being rebroadcast on the internet and then uploaded onto YouTube. It took the courts like, what, two weeks to get it taken back down for copyright claims, but it was up there and people got to hear what she had to say. And I think that hearing it in her own words has definitely pushed the public empathy towards Britney saying, even if this is what it, what's needed on the devil's advocate side, even if a conservatorship of some sort is appropriate, clearly the way this is being run is not being run for her best benefit. And we're starting to see that in the new court documents with her personal conservator, Jody Montgomery, and her father fighting in these court documents. And Jody Montgomery, I think, and I'm optimistic, has stepped up and said, this is enough. Like, that, we're not doing this. We need to bring in outside people. Brittany doesn't feel that she can trust the people around her, and I'm going to help her bring in other people. And her dad is kicking and screaming about it. I mean, in the legal court document sense of kicking and screaming. What? I just don't understand. Do we think that this will ever, is this going, is this just going to be a lot of loud noise now, but nothing actually getting done? Is she going to be able to extricate herself from this? Conservatorships are not made to end. That is, that is the nature of conservatorships. They are made to help people through generally mental decline towards the end of life or Mm -hmm. through um, you know, mental incapacities that have been there since they were born or due to traumatic brain injury or what have you. They're generally meant to last the life of the individual, generally. But Jody Montgomery, through her lawyers, has said that her plan is to set a path for the personal conservatorship to end. Whether the financial conservatorship will end, I don't know. If her dad's out of it and Bessemer Trust took over, they're asking to resign. The court might not let them and they work as a professional money management company, then you've got a court oversight of how the money's being spent, and that might be okay for Brittany. She might just not give a fuck what's going on with the money being managed. It's like, fine, pay my bills, look at the contracts for licensing my name on perfume, and I don't care, just do whatever. I think if she had her personal freedom back, that's my hope is that we see big changes in the personal conservatorship and then deal with the financial conservatorship. Because there's not much they can spend money on right now but lawyers because she's not going to be performing. And so they now have to protect the estate and they should start spending less money because money's not coming in. That's their fiduciary duty. It's just so wild that they are hemorrhaging her money in order to keep keep her her spiritually incapacitated. Yes. Which is how I look at it. Yeah, they're spending her money to fight her on her wishes. Including media training, guys. They are spending money, including paying for media training so that they can create a narrative a la TMZ and whoever else. So that Jamie Spears can protect his name. I mean, shout out Jamie Lynn. Did you hear she's coming out with a book next year? Can't wait to not read it. I got a bunch of DMs that she's coming out with a book. I think the timing of releasing this information feels very exploitative. And Mm -hmm. isn't the title of the book? Well, that's the family business. It is. Sure is. Isn't the title of the book a lyric? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of says great. everything you need she to know, doesn't great. it? Yeah. Shout out to Jamie Lynn, who's been, um, her team, I guess, on Britney's Dime, has been trying to silence people from being like, you suck on social. She's a delight. Anyway, listen, <laughs> thank you for indulging me in this because people just, I just love listening to you talk about oh, Thank you. I just, <laughs> I like- can't get enough of this story either. <laughs> 
every yeah, day it's enough. fascinating. And you've got this really strange legal thing that we don't normally see. Of course, now we've got Tom Girardi in a conservatorship that's well less restrictive than Britney Spears's conservatorship, which is an interesting juxtaposition, isn't mm. it? That uh, Tom Girardi has more freedom than Britney Spears does. But we don't see these things often. And it's interesting to kind of dive into the intricacies of them. And I do think we will see some light shed on what happened in the early years of Britney's conservatorship down the road. I think there's a lot of investigative journalists clearly that are interested in this. Mm -hmm. There's more to this story that we don't know. And hopefully at some point it will all come to light or Britney will just leak the documents herself. Britney, Britney, Whitney, WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks, Britney, let us look at it. I'm not suggesting that. I mean, the medical stuff shouldn't be public. And that's really the only way to know if the court made appropriate decisions or not. And those are reports Mm -hmm. that really the public shouldn't have, but somebody should. And if Brittany gets to hire private counsel, that will be somebody who can look at every single document who is there really to investigate what's going on and maybe see if things were done improperly or if there were questions that should have been raised that weren't and go through it then. Pivoting a little bit, yes, speaking please. of conservatorships, Thomas, Thomas G, <sighs> Thomas the Tank, a man in his 80s who was Thomas still, I mean, for real, still yeah. pursuing legal cases until literally 26 minutes ago when he himself became um, a conservative. Of a, yeah. a conservative. Can you talk us talk us through a little bit of that fun dynamic About going on in BH? The Girardi conservatorship. Well, there's two schools of thought on the Girardi conservatorship, and I, I, I'm just going to present them both. I'd love to hear your take. There's the school of thought of this is all bullshit, and the timing seems really suspicious to protect him from criminal prosecution because he was still giving lectures and he was mm-hmm. still presenting at bar associations and he was still taking on clients. So where did this decline come from? And now all of a sudden he's he's so incapacitated that he can't make his own legal decisions or understand court proceedings, sus. Then there's the, you know what, maybe this mental decline was going on, but why didn't any of the lawyers in his firm, you know, do their job and say, hey, you shouldn't be talking to clients. You shouldn't be settling cases. You are not in a position to explain people's rights. And if he did have decline that he was hiding earlier, there's a whole lot of clients out there who maybe didn't get the best representation, didn't get the best input on their current and ongoing cases. And I don't know if we'll see that now that other law firms are taking over his caseload and looking at what he's been doing, because the other lawyers just left his firm. So either way, whether this was something he was kind of hiding and was existing um, a year or a year's back, it's a problem for the cases he was doing and the things that he was engaged in. If this is potentially... um, a convenient timing to get him out of some of the potential criminal liability, then that could be perpetrating fraud on the court. And that's a problem too. So both ways, this conservatorship is problematic, but the court appointed attorney in this case has done interviews with him and said, no, I think that this is an issue. The psychiatrist appointed in the case did a checkbox form interview that I broke down on my YouTube channel and said, no, he seems to have substantial mental impairment. And there's a lot of people questioning why it hasn't been, you know, why there aren't more testing, why there isn't brain scans, why there isn't more diagnostic work done. And it's because it's not legally required. They've done what they're legally required to do. He's placed in a conservatorship and he does not have the capacity to 
participate in helping the bankruptcy court to be found criminally liable. Um, and so this has kind of put him under a, a blanket of protection. It's also what caused him to lose his law license, and they're still going trying to disbar him, but he was suspended because he was put into this conservatorship. So it's interesting stuff. You know, as noted legal scholar Bethany Frankel once said, it's hard to play both smart and stupid. And it just feels odd to me that Erica Jane, as we call her, but legally Erica Girardi, has left this man, understandably one would say, in possibly similar mysterious mysteriously time circumstances and her husband has now been diagnosed with alzheimer's yes i don't get a sense that she's really you know supporting him in any way now we don't know the ins and outs maybe it's because his realtor is supporting him i mean yes he has he did go to lunch with a with a a woman suspected to be a suspected to be an associate of yeah. some sort. But, you know, I don't know that I should care about Tom's personal romantic entanglements now because I never have before. I would put Erica herself in that same category. But I would think aside from that, if your husband to whom you are still legally married is in the middle of a health crisis, Sure, you may be very upset at him about finding out for the very first time this horrifying, possibly career-long fraud or fraud of at least many years that has stripped already vulnerable people of money that was theirs, that he stole, money that she herself may have benefited from. If I heard that he was suffering terribly from Alzheimer's, I don't know. I might visit him. Yeah. contact him, talk about it, talk about it in no a way that might right. even help me. And I'm getting no indication None. that Erica knows. <clears throat> no indication at all. There's no, and she's had opportunity to talk about, um, to talk about the relationship and has started talking about the relationship on the show. But what she's been talking about is more that she was treated like a third trophy wife. She's not mm-hmm. talking about the fact that there was mental decline or that he had, changed in some way she doesn't talk about him in that way and so i i don't know if she saw any of that going on and if she didn't then why didn't she or does that go in the direction of maybe maybe this is something that needs to be questioned more deeply now that the courts already made the conservatorship permanent there's not a lot of undoing that can happen but the timing is interesting. It is odd. Um, it was interesting seeing Erica on the show talk about the timing of the divorce filing with the election day filing to try mm. to bury it in the news cycle. I was like, oh, yeah, interesting. So she was planning to leave in October. But all of this was already starting to break then. All We know now from um, Kimberly Archie and the Rigomez family and the hu- housewife and the hustler that they were already trying to depose her with regard to stuff that had happened in that case and the money that was owed. We know that she was already in other lawsuits, and we know that the case in Illinois was already starting to go south with regard to the Lion Air stuff. So rumblings of this were happening. Not all of it had broken open, but rumblings of this were happening when she was planning this divorce in October. So 
it's it's all of it's very interesting and I don't really know what to believe at the moment. You know, we saw scenes for next week. Let's start at the end of this week's episode. Yes. Scenes for next week. Erica is emo. Something, a level of vulnerability that we have not seen in her before. Usually her vulnerability comes out in spots of rage when she feels like she's triggered or her family possibly is being targeted. This feels like a different kind of vulnerability, even in the vulnerable moments she's shared in conversation with and in speaking about her mom. So there's that. There's a level of pain and a reckoning that she is displaying, and I don't disbelieve it. I also, though, think I wonder if we are going to receive any idea of like late onset guilt, because I would if I found out that the man whose law firm I apparently worked at, according to some of these settlement documents, when I was like listed as his like executive assistant or whatever. Yeah. You know that, you know, that I think they were I think she was listed so that the firm could pay her. I don't think she was actually showing up to work. (laughs) I mean, I would be questioning why I was getting these random deposits throughout. I don't know how much of a surprise it is, but let's err on the side of surprise. If I found out for the first time that my husband had been a, the leader of this, however long fraud stripping again, as I said, prior vulnerable people of money, they so desperately needed people. There's a family that was owed a few thousand dollars that was going to pay necessary repair on their um, mobile home and that they don't, they no longer have that genuinely necessary funding. I mean, these are not just million dollar cases and regardless of the number that is their money that these people are, are owed in every sense of the word in every sense of the word. But if I was Erica finding this stuff out, I understand the defense mechanism of like, Oh my God, the shock. But once the shock wears off, in addition to anger, righteous or otherwise, I would feel tremendous guilt about my own indirect or direct participation in the use of said stolen funds. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know how you don't have a moment of, is my entire marriage and lifestyle a lie? And if my entire marriage and lifestyle is a lie, what can I do to fix it? At this point, there we go. Yeah. And it's just, it's very interesting. I still, and I know I've caught flack for this and I will continue to catch flack for it. And I'm fine with it. I still don't know what Erica knew. And the more that comes out around this relationship, the more I think Tom was like, yeah, okay, sweetie, mm -mm, don't ask any questions. Just, you know, go do what you do. It's so cute. We'll just make sure that the money spends. And Erica was like, you know what? If that's what it is, that's the way that this is. If the if the credit cards if the credit cards pass, then we're gonna keep going. I don't know how much she knew about how deep this went. She may have known, and I think she probably did know what was going on with the Rue Gomez case and this um, the eleven million dollars that was owed to them because she was getting subpoenaed to be deposed about that. Mm-hmm. But I also wonder if Tom was doing what he did to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know how these things go. This is just a misunderstanding. It's all getting sorted out. Don't you worry about it. I mean, the mediator in that freaking case had worked at his law firm. So there's not these red flags that maybe would have triggered her to go, oh shit, something's actually really fucked up here. As opposed Mm -hmm. to her husband being like, 
oh, honey, you just don't understand. You don't know. It's this and it's this and it's this. Because he seems to do that to everyone. A he, process oh. server is at my door. They're oh. like, we heard the last episode <laughs> about Erica and we have some, she has some questions for you. This we, is the joy of New York where if you don't see here another building, if the arguments are there, you just buzz whatever you want. Um, Sorry, continue. No, no worries. Um, It's just, I don't know how much she knew about how bad this was because I think mm-hmm. Tom was telling everyone, oh, it's just this, it's just that, it's a misunderstanding. Don't worry, I got you Tuesday, it's fine. I think there was a whole lot of bullshit that he believed and that he really was a charming con man. That's how this all reads to me. But in the voicemails that have been released by clients and in the voicemails that have been shared in some of these lawsuits linked to SoundCloud, there's also an underlying quickly triggered rage there. And you hear him rage out on people, threaten to sue people, trying to silence people, take this down immediately or you're not getting this. So I Wonder if Erica saw that side of him too and also tried to sidestep around um, asking too many questions in their marriage. And that's why we're seeing her on the show talk about, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what it's like. And hearing her say, you know, I dropped him off, said I love you. And he's like, thanks, sweetie. Like, you really do get the sense that she was just part of this facade that he was living in. Whether that's just what she wants to portray or not, it came across as authentic to me. And it very well may be authentic. It very well may be that there was a level of complicity that was almost um, indirect, right? Where it's like, I'm not going to ask any questions. He knows best. He's Mr. Aaron Brockovich. And I'm getting everything I need. And if he's telling me that I need a loan or that I'm getting money and there's a business reason for it or a tax reason for it, a liability, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep it moving but now you know better. And the narrative that she's presented online is Ugh. not one in which she's even admitting that what's real is real. Like she's right. not, it It feels like she is making a joke of this or being not passive aggressive, but aggressive aggressive with people who are rightly dragging her for posting these thirst trap pics where she's covered in sparkles and yeah. diamonds and glitter galore and, you know, the world around her is is melting down as people understand how these pictures really like the actual cost of this. Yep. And she's been relatively nasty with people on social trying to make light of it, trying to say essentially that they're like obsessed with her style, yada, yada. And it just feels like if you found out however long ago that this was a fraud why are you doubling down on this Mm -hmm. diamonds and rosé right and you know diamonds aren't the strongest substance she chose that tagline after all of this broke after the season wrapped right so it's yeah you know diamonds aren't the strongest substance on earth it's me um you don't have to be strong in this i would have anticipated at least a mild statement saying i'm seeing what's coming out in the news I'm horrified by what I'm learning. And under the advice of counsel, I cannot address it. And mm-hmm. then toning down the social media pics. But I also get that she has to, I think, 
And this is how I am reading what she's doing. I think it's distasteful and I don't think it's a good look. But I also think she has flipped into defensive mode. Like, okay, I'm on the outs. There's not going to be any money there. And now I have to figure out how I am going to support myself through the rest of my life and how I'm going to bounce from this. Okay, my character is Erica Jane. Lean into the character and keep going. We are hearing that she's lost her her Fenty, you know, collaboration. I'm Mm -hmm. sure when all the she can't put out a book until the legal stuff is resolved, which could be years. So if she is not a good storyline on Housewives, I don't know what she is going to do to support herself. You can't really go back to waitressing at this point. I mean, maybe you can go drive Uber Uber Eats in your in your new Range Rover, but I don't I think she might have gone into defensive mode. I don't think it's a good idea. I think she probably needed a crisis PR team to sit down yes. with her and decide how she was going to navigate she this. She really did. Cuz it's not a good look and you can't be defensive. Um the the people that have been harmed by Tom are not in the wrong in any way shape or form. They're they're not complicit in this. They hired an attorney they trusted and he fucked them. That is never okay and it is the it is really the most egregious thing I think I've ever seen. I I still can't wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around harming your own clients for your own gain. I just I just can't. It's shocking to me. So, and it's it's a little easier when you're looking at attorneys with big banks and large corporations, mm-hmm. and it's like corporation versus corporation, and things aren't getting paid. It's a little like okay, well you're all gonna sort it out down the road, and yeah, it sucks, but you'll figure it out. These are just individuals who had something horribly tragic happen to them that wasn't their fault, which is why they won these money judgments as injured plaintiffs and then getting totally screwed by the person they trusted to help fix it. It's just, it's appalling. And I can't understand how the Fenty pictures and the, is this my new, you know, the ass in the air? I don't understand how that ever read like a good idea. And I don't understand not making a statement. Look, I still have to work. The Fenty pictures are part of my work and I'm not posting anything else other than things I'm obligated to post. But that is not the direction she chose to go in. And now they're saying this week that the victims of, you know, the victims the, yeah, essentially the of the fraud family. are able to go after her. Who knows if they'll be able to collect, but that they have the right to go after her, right? This family, so the Rigomez family, we saw them with Kimberly Archie in The Housewife and The Hustler. On this, Hulu, guys. This family has, first of all, they went through this horrible gas explosion in California. Mm-hmm. Not their fault. Normal day, horrible event happens to them. Then they had to fight, A, for Joe Rugomez to survive and fight mm-hmm. through the healing process of what happened to him. Then they had to go through the process of getting a lawyer, getting into court, getting their judgment, getting a $12 million settlement. Then their attorney saying, you know how these lottery winners lose their money. We don't want that to happen to you. I can hold on to it and give you monthly payments and we'll take care of it. Then coming to the realization that they're not getting their payments and their attorney might've taken the money. Then trying to find another attorney willing to sue Tom Girardi, who is a very politically well-connected big name in Los Angeles. So trying to find a lawyer that's willing to go up against that name when they know how many judges he's friends with is is a difficult thing. And it's something that his former clients are still struggling with now that this is in bankruptcy, is finding people willing to take on these cases. So then they had to find an attorney willing to go after him, then go after him in court, get to mediation. So file lawsuits, get to mediation, 
get a judgment in mediation saying, yes, you're entitled to this $12 million. Then he pays them a million and doesn't pay anymore. Then they have to go back to court with their attorney and get liens on all of his personal property. And then you come to find out there's multiple liens on the personal property from other lenders. So now you have to fight it out with other people he's promised money to, too, to try to get any of this money back. It should have just come out of the client trust fund when PG&E paid it to him, but it didn't. It disappeared. So the process they've already been through to now get to the point where they have to try to track down Erica and like take her Cartier hoops out of her ears is appalling. And now they're at the point where they can, the judge lifted the bankruptcy stay. So when things go into bankruptcy, you know, we've all seen Michael Scott being like, I declare bankruptcy. (laughs) Bankruptcy. (laughs) Bankruptcy says literally stop everything. Like stop, do not pass go. It's in bankruptcy. Nothing else can happen. The judge has lifted the stay in a limited way for this family to start trying to find what assets Erica may have that are community property, that are property that was attached by their judgment lien against all of Tom's personal property. That means paintings, chairs, Cartier Jaguars, and whatever else might be property that they can go after. I don't think they're going to get $12 million out of her. I don't think they're going to get $12 million out of the house. I don't think they're going to get um, what they were entitled to to make whole, but I hope they get enough that they can at least cover, you know, some of what they were entitled to, because I think they're going to be chasing this $11 million to the end of the ends of the earth. What's the difference between community property and a gift she may have received? Because isn't that a part of her yes. legal strategy is to say like, oh, he gave me that Panther ring that's worth like 200K or whatever. Yes. But that was for Christmas. And then the Chagall was for our anniversary. <laughs> and then, you know, the 20 million in cash was a for business Hanukkah. <laughs> Not for Hanukkah. That's exactly like, it. What, what, how do, what's the difference? In California, the family law is kind of quirky on what's a gift and there are threshold tests to decide if something's a gift or not. So this is going to be fought out in court saying, you know what, it's so expensive that it really isn't falling under this gift category. Um, Everything can't be a gift, but also they're arguing that she's a co-debtor on some of these things Mm. so that it doesn't matter if they're gifts or not, because mm-hmm. it's not just the community property they're going after. It's you owe some of this money too, because you are a co-debtor on this. And Jason Rund, the trustee in the personal bankruptcy of Tom Girardi, not Girardi Keese, the law firm, has been going after this. Look, you owe this too. Like they haven't paid their equine vet in Florida or whatever. Um, that's one of the one of the debts owed. Oh they haven't God. paid their groundskeepers in Pasadena. And she's a co-debtor on all of that because she was living at the house. So I wonder if her strategy is to fight that these things are gifts so that she retains the money to then pay back the things that she's determined to owe personally down the road. So protect what I can out of the community property because at the end of the day, Erica is going to be left holding a lot of the bag on the debts on this because she's still married. And these were debts that were owed during the marriage. And Girardi's going to have nothing left and she's going to keep working. So that's property that can be attached down the road saying, no, you've got all these judgments you owe. We might see her filing a personal bankruptcy down the road in all of this. What happens to the income from housewives? It depends on what she's determined to owe. If she's a co-debtor and owes all this money back, she's going to have to use some of that income to pay it back, or they can try to attach it like a tax lien where some of the money goes to her and some of the money goes directly to uh, the court. 
could a person make the argument that she's in a better strategic place if she was fired from the show, obviously a worse place professionally and with fame if she wasn't bringing in that income and so that they couldn't fight for it and then hope that this settles so that she can go back? Even if she went back, I think they'd try to open it up and go after the money. Oh, wow. I don't think there's... So this is never... There's no way to end it. For her? I mean, a personal yeah. a personal bankruptcy down the road to then dissolve her assets might be what's needed. I think she'll try to resolve it within this bankruptcy. They're going to go after her and every single one of her companies. She also has a long road ahead in this. If in the financial civil litigation spot, but we also know this has been forwarded to the AUSAs, um, the, the assistant U.S. attorney's office, to investigate whether there's crimes here, too. The judge in Illinois was fucking pissed with this. He, the, the, he was outraged that this money has disappeared, and he forwarded this for criminal prosecution. And if she was helping in this or moving the money around and helping essentially launder embezzled funds she could get roped into that as well. So there's a long road ahead for her. And I try to look at it through the legal strategy, though I don't like the way it's playing out optically, that her legal strategy may be, we need to retain this nest egg because we have a long battle ahead here. And that isn't going to look good and play well to the public. But at this point, she has to circle the wagons because she's going to end up carrying a lot of this debt. And she just changed attorneys. Um, I haven't even pulled the filings yet. I saw reports that she was changing attorneys, but her attorneys did go to court saying we can't represent her anymore and they right. tried to bail. So I'm not surprised that she might have wanted to change attorneys. She has attorneys in the family law case and she has attorneys in the bankruptcy cases and her attorneys in the family law case are going to have to be deposed in the bankruptcy case for source oh of funds. So in the Girardi Keese bankruptcy, oh the special litigation attorney, Ron Richards, has gone and gotten approval from the court to go after her landlord, her attorneys, her bookkeeper, and others to depose them and get documents from them to try to find out how they're getting paid. Like, where is the money coming from? So he can start tracking back the money. Erica's attorneys promptly turned around and said, he's saying mean shit on Twitter, bounce him off of the case. And so that motion is still pending. They called it a a jihad of vicious tweets was the wow. right. Jesus. Those are the words that they used in their law. I'm like, oh, you said that. Like, you, you, what? That this is so inappropriate. Agreed. I was like, there's a lot of words you could have used. Oh my but God, that, that is so inappropriate. It's visceral, right? And so her attorneys are going after special litigation counsel in the bankruptcy who's going after Erica for the $20 million they think that the law firm lent to EJ Creative. And they are going hard for her. But he's also gone hard for her on Twitter. And the lawyers are like, you can't do that. So that is still pending in mm -hmm. court. And I like the messiness of it. That's entertaining to me that this his whole Twitter thread is printed out as an exhibit. Like when, whenever we have Twitter attached as the receipts in court, I'm like, what is even happening here? I get it in YouTube cases. But in this case, it's it's all of it. And he's saying that that's basically smoke and mirrors to try to slow him down because he has he has gotten approval to depose all of these people to find out and to get on track to find out where the money is. It's very, very interesting. At a certain yeah. point, doesn't she have to stop spending it? Like, where's the th where's the person? Brittany's on a budget of two thousand dollars a week, allegedly. Yeah. Why is Erica not on one? 
because the court does not yet have the authority to do that. I don't know if she is, because even if she just is like, oh, I spent all the money, I don't have it. They can still attach her going forward for some of this, depending on what they decide. Some things can be discharged in bankruptcy. Some things can't, which is part of the strategy of the bankruptcy case and the Girardi Keese side of it, saying this was fraudulent money transfers. These were willful transfers because then even if they get a $20 million judgment against her and her companies, it can't just go away in bankruptcy because it was a willful uh, violation. And so she has the right to go to trial on that to try to prove that she thought the loan was on the up and up and it wasn't fraudulent because then it can be discharged in bankruptcy and she might not have to pay it. So there's a lot of legal strategy in this bankruptcy that is going to continue to play out. And that's why I don't think she's going to be super cooperative with any of it. Yep. And when it comes to Mikey (laughs) and her assistant who's been with her for several years, at what point are you like, love you, gotta go, because as long as I continue taking your money, I put myself in a position where someone may ask for it back, maybe? So I don't think they're going to be able to track back the money. And if it was literally payment for services, they're not going to be able Mm -hmm. to track that back from Mikey. But if it's like, here, hold $3 million, that's a different story. Um, So it really depends on what they know. And that's a conversation that hopefully would be had with her team and her attorneys, because I don't know how you continue working for someone with all this in the news without sitting down and being like, no, but seriously, what the fuck is going on? I need to know the real, real of it. But if she's spending out all that money, she will be the one that will have to pay it back again, unless she's fraudulently transferred money somewhere for somebody to literally hold it for her. So nobody can come get it. They're, they're not going to stop. This is not going the the way that they are going to track down money on Erica Jane is not going to stop. Like the way they're tracking down Jen Shaw. I mean, it started in 2012. We're in 2021. So these things don't just go away. And it would appear to be bad for her case if Tom continues to get more and more disoriented where they're not able to have I mean that actually not even as an asshole which is a fun little sidebar for me like I don't if he's not able to participate in conversations in any kind and I'm not saying that presupposing like how he's behaving now and will just just to say like let's say he cannot have cogent conversations as a result of whatever and that's you know, what's being like, said he can't what was being said by his brother early on is he can't help with the finances like he doesn't seem to know where the money went either and there's these random one-off statements like i used to have like 50 to 80 million and i don't know what happened so he is from what we've seen in court documents he is not able to help him participate so you don't even have to to sidestep around it he has not been able to participate and say this is where the books are. This is where the money went. This is what's happening. This is where we go get the money back from. He's like, I don't know. I don't know where it went. I used to have like 80 million. Seems like I don't. Weird. So yes, it I puts mean, the onus on her to to answer where the fuck did the money go. Listen, Erica liked to consider herself a triple threat with the sass and the singing and the dance and the what all. And now it's like, okay, well, you can both talk and listen and get asked questions in court like that's the wouldn't the pressure now pass on to her since he's not able to help 
Well, we're seeing a lot of pressure. There's special litigators in both sides of the bankruptcy that are just assigned to going after Erica to try to find where the assets are that can be brought back into the bankruptcy. And Erica's saying, nothing goes back into the bankruptcy. These things are mine. And the special litigators are saying, yeah, um, no, that's no, we're going to need, we're going to need to bring those assets back. And how does this affect what she can say on the show? At what point does she say, I can't talk about it. And that's like genuinely true versus surely there are some aspects of this that you can discuss, but you want to use that as a way not to have to. I don't know. I think because we don't know what she knows or what she did know. I thought having them walk through the house and showing the things she took out of the old house is going to be very helpful to the the lawyers that are trying to get the property back. They're like, oh, okay, well, now we know where everything is. And that seemed to be filmed before all the dominoes fell. Mm-hmm. Um, her being photographed, though, recently out wearing the Jaguar ring, getting onto a private plane seems ill-advised to me. But talking about the downfall of the relationship seems to be fair game and seems to be one of the areas that's not going to come back to really bite her in the ass because it's being alleged that her divorce is fraudulent. So her being open about, look, this is why I got divorced, isn't really going to harm her. But the financial stuff showing what you took from the house is going to make it easier for them to come back and say, okay, well, is that all still there? And what are we entitled to? Um, showing the, all the clothes and all the shoes and how much everything costs the way the show does the producers. I love the oh show. My God. The producers with like, this is how much the rent is. This is how much this is. But that's always, that's always been what housewives is. They're not going to change their show just because she's being, you know, and well, we don't know how much she's being investigated, but just because she's swooped up in her husband's legal drama, they didn't turn on, Teresa Judice, who I think out of all of them genuinely didn't really know what her husband yeah. was doing because he was like, babe, sign this. And she's like, OK, whatever. And that might have been Erica, too. She tries to say she's smarter than that, but it might have been her, too, where her husband's like, I'm just doing this. And she's like, yeah, OK, whatever you say. We don't know. It's a bad look afterwards. That's for sure. And the network seems to be protecting her. I mean, how do you mean? I don't see Andy being like, wow, that sucks. Oh, yeah. No, he definitely hasn't thrown her under the bus at all. It feels like they I mean, listen, talk about assets. She is a genuine or has been a big asset to the show. The question is how much of that is related to the, you know, I'm an enigma wrapped in a cat wrapped in a um, fucking bacon wrapped scallop or whatever. Right. Exactly. Whatever it is. Mazel. You know, like (laughs) with champagne. Oh, my God. Um, But there is the, you know, enigma of Erica Jane. There is the mystery of her. And a lot of that was related to the older man that she had been married to for a while. And the cash, that's a part of how she built the brand as it has existed since she started as a co-star on, or as a star rather on Beverly Hills. Yeah. It was the like, yeah, I have a pop career, but look at how that pop career has changed since she became a real housewife, specifically of Beverly Hills, where mm-hmm. the initi- initiation fee is truly for most of them, a lifestyle of diamonds and rosé. And people wanted to buy a ticket to the show to see Erica Jane because similar to Lou, although as a very different kind of performer, 
you're able to participate in the fantasy of housewives that becomes real when the person is 20 feet away on stage. But she also had all of the money, all of the power, all of the genuine wealth. So you are watching a multi-bajillionaire gyrate on stage. And pat the puss. And Pat the Puss with trailed by an enormous entourage, all of the people, the Mikey's, Mikey's, Mikey, Mm -hmm. Mikey's, Mikey's, Mikey, (laughs) like all of the people, you're able to see that and and talk about escapism. I mean, is there ever a more blissed out state than going to an Erica Jane show where part of the entertainment truly is the value and asset of celebrity and fame and so much of that fame is tied up in her identity as the panther ring and yep. everything else so while i understand difficulties in navigating this from a fraudulent perspective from the like we don't want the network to look like it was cashing in on this in ways that it shouldn't have I would also understand the value to them of the like, holy shit, the Shakespearean levels of what the fuck yep. are something that we are going to want to follow as long as we possibly could. It's 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 the, and the same with Jen Shaw, too. We want to watch mm-hmm. it unfold. I want to see I want to see nothing more than the FBI pull over the van of women oh on their way to oh the airport God. to go on their cast trip. I am dying oh to Talk about see it. To it. Be continued. It's I want be, yeah. to see all of it. I'm going to watch every fucking minute of Salt Lake. And I'm going to go back and watch old Salt Lake to see everything Mm -hmm. Jen Shaw said because, oh my God. And it's the same with Mm -hmm. Erica. The clips they're showing of that dinner with Lisa Vanderpump and Tom's like, excuse me, Erica, I don't think that ever aired. Um, I don't remember that clip airing. I remember it. Do you? I remember it. I Mm -hmm. didn't remember it at all. So now I'm like, I've got to go back and watch these things because then there's these little windows into, no, I was talking and her being a prop to his life. So I think Erica Jane was an escape for her too from being this fancy lawyer's wife and being the third wife, which in legal in LA is not uncommon <laughs> at all to be like the second or third wife mm-hmm. of this, you know, powerful man and having to kind of dress down at these functions and show up and smile and nod and do all the things you do as the you know, trophy wife, but then also getting to escape into the clubs with her gaze and just putting on all of the, you know, hair and makeup and getting to escape her life too. And really how many fucks do I give? And so I think a lot, I related to it. I was like, oh my God, I love this. I, a female lawyer that worked in kind of a stuffy buttoned up job who then got to run away to YouTube and Mm -hmm. dye my hair purple and live my best life. Like I felt for Erica, like, Look at you. You get to do both. You get to be like your whole self and be too much and be too loud. And you're also married to this really powerful man where your role is expected to be different. I loved that storyline. But then it's hard to watch now going, oh, my God, is this all been built off of other people's pain? And so it's really it's hard as a fan of Housewives to watch because it's taken away the escapism because now it's it's really too real. I also wonder, you know, she minimized herself so much, like those moments where he was he would say, like, shut the fuck up or Mm -hmm. I'm speaking or you are here to be my wife. That is the role in which you are uh, here to uh, 
exist. Like regardless of whatever is happening in our house in Pasadena or whatever the fuck, like you are silent. You listen to me speak. You say how great I am. And then we finish Mm -hmm. our drinks. And the reward for that is this opulent life like no other. He knows everybody. You go to lunch to film for the TV show that, you know, you're on. And then the chief cop sheriff, head of whatever walks in and it's like oh my god because and of course he comes over to talk to us and pay his respects essentially is what we're watching on tv because my husband is so powerful and admired and the admission that i am paying to be a part of this is to be as little of myself as i possibly can so then i get the escape and to be Mm -hmm. the erica jane and to do that and my husband is supporting me in the ways that he could, aka the ways that he chooses to be yeah, financial, paying, financial, not showing up to um, uh, Chicago, but doing other things. And then you find out that the sacrifice that you made, which is to me spiritually a genuine, obvious sacrifice, yes. is to sacrifice my own needs and value as a human person with a voice in order to exist in this specific world with this person, I am making a choice regardless of however I might resent it at a certain point and then find out that not only does the world no longer exist, but I might owe an ad- a larger, much more painful price of admission yep. to be subservient. Absolutely. And I think It's interesting watching it play out on the show how when COVID took away the escapism and when COVID Mm. took away the performances and all the things that she was doing to cope, that that's when it all tumbled down for her personally. And you saw her saying, you know, I was depressed and Tom was never really supportive. It was like, well, what do you have to be depressed about? And it's like, well, all of her and a lot, I mean, a lot of the ways all of us cope with things and stress and uncertainty Mm. were taken away during COVID and our normal routines were taken away. So I wasn't surprised to see her say, I'm depressed. It was much more telling to me to see her perspective of Tom being like, but you have everything. So shut up and be appreciative of it. And that was very telling that she was really a prop in his life. And now that is going to potentially cost her quite a lot. I mean, if she did get a $20 million loan, she's going to owe that back to the bankruptcy court. If that was fraudulent, she's not going to get out from under that. If she owes all these debts as the spouse to all the bills he hasn't paid, she can be left handling them while he's in a conservatorship where his brother's kind of providing for him and he just doesn't really have much responsibility. The burden of a lot of this can come down onto her. I can't imagine the anger that's going to come with that. I mean, maybe I answered my own question of like, maybe he is dealing with Alzheimer's, some form of dementia. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. I just play one on TV. So like maybe there is a world in which I answer the question of like, why aren't we seeing not even not why aren't we seeing a window into that? Like, why aren't we seeing proof of that or an understanding that she is aware of it? But like, this is why she can't even herself access that because there's so much other chaos. Yeah. Like if you're in, if you are in an urgent emergency, if you are in triage, which is what she's in right now from like uh, an, I would think anxiety perspective. And again, not diagnosing her, but just thinking of the uh, idea of the great 
urgent anxiety and possibly despair that one must feel about being in the middle of this. And like the storm is all around you, but how are you even paying for the waves? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you navigate that? Well, a part and the greater question of surely the amount of anger that she is internalizing that will come out in some way likely unhealthy because she already is processing things in a very restrictive form. Right. A very controlled form, which is not a form of control itself, because you're out of control by controlling yourself to that, by not allowing yourself to release. It's like, of course, she's not going to feel any kind of empathy or concern for his medical state because she's right in the fucking midst of drowning. Yep. And and he might leave her holding the gravity oh of a lot God, of this. Oh, my God. That makes me curdle, guys. That makes me curdle. That makes me so upset. And I it's not even like it's not team Erica, obviously, but also it's the idea that I truly don't know what's going on. We can all pretend that we all know that she's some like enforcer and she we don't actually know that. Right. It's it's just as possible that he pulled the wool over her eyes, too. Oh. And oh she's God, it's po- it, 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 it's completely it's within possibility I'm like dying at the idea of it. I could I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel the reality of that. Well, she's benefited. She's clearly benefited from what he's done sure. and the people he's defrauded. She lived this larger than life life. She benefited from it. But at the end of the day, she's going to be left holding quite a lot of this debt while he's in his conservatorship. I think that's down the road three, five years from now, what we are going to see is her now working to undo what she's been left holding. She's not walking out of this free and clear. There's no possibility of that from what I can see on the record right now. She is going to be left holding a lot of this. And she's left also the subject of anger. People don't seem to be as angry at Tom Girardi, who took the fucking money, as they seem to be at Erica, because she's thirst trap posting on Instagram. It's easy to direct the anger towards her than somebody who's in a conservatorship that may be struggling with dementia. It's harder to put the rage where it belongs. And so there's a lot of rage being put on her, and she has a lot of rage too. We saw this in this Allison Mack sentencing um, with the Mm. Nexium case. She got three years, but the judge said, look, you did all of these things. But then towards the end of the ruling, the judge said, but you're also a victim of all of these things, too. Mm -hmm. So you perpetrated this thing. But in this dynamic, you were also having these things done to you and not to paint Erica as a victim. But she is going to be left holding a lot of this. And she might not have known she was signing up for that. So just like Tom absolutely defrauded his clients, pulled the wool over their eyes with his, you know, everyone has said he's so charming with his charm and his bullshit and that I've got it. It's fine. It's this, it's that. I can very easily see him saying the exact same thing to Erica because he didn't think he owed her any more than that. He didn't think he owed her a true partnership. She was the prop. So it's like, it's fine. You know how these things go. It's all good. I think he might have not been an open equal partner ride or die with her. I think she was benefiting, but I also think she didn't realize how deep she was in it and is now having to unpack all that. And guys, having this conversation takes requires such emotional acuity, intelligence, all of it. And I know I it can it's a difficult conversation to have because it is so nuanced, but yeah. it's like 
I don't know, we're having it and I'm feeling a lot of stuff that I didn't feel before. I don't know that genuinely not fucking with you. Like, I don't know that I have felt empathy for her in this because my processing of this has been you know, my first instinct is rage. So like, it's a, I've but been Sarah, it's a totally okay to look at this lifestyle she's been living and be like, yeah, but fuck, fuck her too. She's yeah. got the Jaguar ring. She's got the private planes. She's got this loan to make this music career happen. And week after week, victims of Tom Girardi are having to sit and watch her play this mm-hmm. extravagant life out on television for years. The Rui Gomez family has been dealing with this for years, watching her live this lifestyle, wondering, is that where my money went? Is that the plane where my money went? The seasons before these seasons, they knew that they were owed money years down the line. Mm-hmm. But then did Erica know that as she was living that lifestyle, where that money was coming from? I don't know. And this is why people want to absolutely crucify her based on her social media behavior and what have you. Yes, that's not good and it all sucks. Right. But also she could have had the wool pulled over her eyes too and be somewhat complicit in that because she was willfully blind. But also, and I've said this before, he was getting billion dollar settlements and getting 30% of that. So is it reasonable for her to look at it going, I mean, what's 30% of a billion? Like, that's a fucking lot of money. It's fine. It spends. Like, you see the amount of money and the large settlements he's getting and their trophies on the wall and accolades and the governor's gushing about you to Andy Cohen. The the governor of California Mm -hmm. is like, we love Tom Girardi. Like, the chief of police where your son works. Your son's ultimate big boss knows your spouse and is like, oh, yeah, we're going to come over. It's all good. You know, Mm -hmm. you you've placed judges on the benches at every level of the law in California and nobody was raising these questions. Everybody was like, oh, it's all good. These parties are great. This is fine. So I think she was probably caught up the way everybody else was. People weren't calling bullshit on this until eight months ago. You know, people had tried, but they weren't often successful. The interesting thing is, you know, he was essentially threatening people in some of those voicemails that he yes. was leaving of like, don't try to speak out about this or bad things are going to happen essentially. Yeah. But like, don't hate me. I'm also a great guy. I'm a great guy, but don't come for me. I know fucking everybody and you will be buried. Right. Right. It, and you can hear those recordings and and transcripts. And then there is the Erica where when people are like, cool, we're going to talk about this. She has sort of a similar vibe in her responses Mm -hmm. on social, which I think is what's excruciating for people to see. Because regardless of whether or not she knew, participated, willfully ignorant, it feels like a lot of the resulting behavior is in line with what we are finding out about Tom trying to hide and run from receipts. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Her behavior is appalling. Um, it's just the, the appalling behavior now doesn't lean me towards, oh, I know a hundred percent what she knew. And as that changes and information continues to come out, I may be like, you know what? Nope. Totally wrong. She and Tom were in this together, ride or die. Bonnie and Clyde told each other everything. This was some kind of evil master plan. I just don't have enough on this, the record to say that's what was going on. It might be the case down the road, but it could just as easily be the case at this point that she was being played along with all of it and the money was so good that she was complicit in it because it really does seem that Tom 
you know, expected her to shut up and look pretty. And so given that, would he be disclosing the troubles he's having at work to her? I don't think so. It's so bad. Her behavior afterwards is so fucking bad. It's so bad, but also just this whole dynamic and environment and in a world in which we only now see things at opposing ends of the spectrum and there is absolutely no right or ability to have any kind of middle ground without punishing that person for trying to approach nuance or even conversation. This is a tough, this is is. a tough uh, example. Because Erica can be very much in the wrong here and still Mm -hmm. have been very much wronged by what Tom did. Both things that is not in many ways the experience of what I've heard of marriage (laughs) (laughs) being married. There we go. I do want to pivot a little bit because, guys, I know I'm going to deep dive this on the next episode of Andy's Girls, but I do just and you guys have sent me so many satchels about Sutton and Crystal, and I'll get to those on the um, uh, live commentary Patreon that'll be up shortly. But the Sutton and Crystal of it all is to me chef's kiss there will be this is the moment like this and it is also an iconic historic not feud but like disagreement thing the zero fucks energy that crystal is displaying which may be her own defense mechanism but is also like her own call to arms of like you are giving so much about this thing Mm -hmm. that you are saying I am doing. You are projecting the idea that I continue to talk about this thing and won't let the mouse go while you actively choose not to let the mouse go. The person who had a meltdown in Rome because she, someone asked why she wasn't trying on clothing in a dressing room is now telling me how I am supposed to respond to my body and the choices of words that I use. That even when I tell you the thing that you are thinking I'm saying when I say it isn't the thing that I'm saying, you fall back on that. Watching Sutton sort of fall back on her own sword is... I... I I have so much, there's so much nuance and empathy. It's also delightful. That The it last is. 10 minutes were fucking wonderful. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. It was <laughs> Here's magical why, television. But it's delightful because it's not consequential. Yes. The Erica stuff is so heavy oh and God, so, so heavy. real world mm-hmm. consequential. And mm-hmm. so many people are hurt and affected by it. Sutton is just flogging herself in all of this. and mm-hmm. And then Crystal's like, what have I stepped into? I also think the age gap with Crystal helps because mm-hmm. Crystal's like, you can keep trying to like make fetch happen, but you're not mm-hmm. going to make fetch happen with me. And Amen. then, and then, and then Kathy Hilton walks in. <laughs> and then Kathy Hilton walks in and just drops the cherry on top and is like, who's hunky dory? <laughs> I fell off of my couch. Kathy Hilton is the greatest comic relief to come to any franchise. Fight me. It's she's just been. She's she showed up in her pajamas. She was like, hey ladies, I just rolled out of bed. Let's have breakfast. She's killing me. I love her so much. I could not love her more. Also, I have watched that moment many hundreds of times <laughs> since 
we're recording this on Friday it's in the so last two genuine. days. Genuine. It is so genuine. And people who are like, she's just fucking with No, her, she's not. She's not. She's she genuine. genuinely she looks anxious, concerned, scared. She is a woman of nicknames. Yeah. You could argue she inadvertently kicked all this off. She said Thomasina. <laughs> Sutton was immediately triggered. And then the dominoes fell. And the woman who's very concerned about being left out of things forgot that she was told about the gift. And then she was just wait. It was a fuse. The light had already been. Yes. The match had already like lit the whatever. You guys yeah. know how candles work or whatever. Lighting, yeah, yeah. fire, whatever. The fuse was On lit. On fuego. The fuse was lit. Yada, yada. Words are fun. I mean, Kathy indirectly started this. Kyle added to it by both, I think, expressing genuine empathy and knowing that there was a camera there. Yeah. No judgment. Nothing but respects for Kyle Richards. I She knows her role. No, no, knows her role. Strong beta for a reason, guys. Yep. Keep playing. And then it all falls apart. I mean, Kathy, in all of it, the confusion, the genuine <laughs> concern yes. that... And I'm a nickname person. I understood where she was. She thought that Sutton was saying someone and saying a, a nickname. nickname. Yeah. And she was like, I don't. Someone tell. Is she talking about who? Susan? Yes. Is she talking about Elizabeth? Like, who is it that? I mean, has there been a greater moment on television? I don't know. I don't know if there has been. And if it is, it's probably from Paris in the simple life at some point. Oh but it was it was so genuine. And it just gives me so much insight into all the things we kind of joked at with the simple life with Paris leaning mm -hmm. into this like I don't know things character and now you're watching Kathy interact going oh oh the, the okay but Kathy has been even keeled comic relief and just mm -hmm. has been a delight the way she interacts with Kyle is hilarious and that genuine moment my husband I rewound it I'm like you have to see this but my husband now has a massive man crush on Harry Hamlin. He's like, oh, look at this it? man's garden. Oh like God. this man is my like doomsday oh. prepper icon at this point. Yes. Like Harry, I want more. I want more of Harry 100%. on this show. <laughs> like I just like I want more from the house husbands of Jersey together because I love their dynamic. I want more from Harry Hamlin too. Like his his pool that can be a fire hose which, you know, coming from Southern California is very much a real concern to keep your house from burning down in fire mm -hmm. season. I just, I've loved all of what we've seen from Harry Hamlin and the making dinner. And then he's like, okay, well, we've all eaten. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here before shit gets too crazy. And then shit got crazy. I mean, not since Vince left that fake poker tournament situation and then was like, wait, what the fuck is happening? It was <laughs> the perfect exit. Everything was perfectly timed. It it felt perfectly edited. Everybody was in their place. Dorit was putting on makeup at like the exact right, <laughs> wrong time, but right time for us. Kyle was playing her role. Kathy was confused. And then we have Rinna was there. Yep. Garcelle was trying and then we have Sutton and Crystal. And I'm one of those people. There's been this conversation online, but like normalize liking both of them on the show is how I feel. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think, think you have to choose teams. I don't think I like. Here's my thing is like a little instigate on myself, a little firecracker. <laughs> I do like putting up the poll on Instagram of whose side are you on, noting that I don't believe in the question itself, but I just haven't. It's more of like the who are you currently empathizing with most? Yeah. 
who do you feel most supportive toward of the two? And then I get bajillions of DMs of like, both, neither, both, neither. I like asking because I want to see from a conversation driver perspective, like when I veer left, am I completely veering left or is there, you know, like how expressive do I have to be in those directions? And yet I love both of them on the show. I, I, I have concern. It's Sutton's a little hard for me to watch right now because she Mm -hmm. seems so genuinely vulnerable and fragile. If I thought she was playing it up and playing Mm -hmm. into it, it might be a little easier to watch. She's not. She seems genuinely fragile. And Crystal's like, I don't understand how any of this is my problem. Like, I don't understand the, the whatever's happening with you. I've said I was dropping it. I told you how I felt. You don't like the words I use. I love that Crystal's literally sitting there going, no, literally, this is the meaning of the word. And everybody's looking at her going, but kind of colloquially, this is how the, we understand. And she's like, look up the definition of it. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I've used, I use language properly. What's mm-hmm. wrong with all of you? And they're like, well, no, but there, there's this kind of colloquial meaning that kind of has this larger implication. And she's like, that's not what I said was your problem. And the women are like, well, and she's like, no, no, I no, I'm not going to give in. I loved that Garcelle tried to like, tried to breach the situation yes, for 40 really seconds and then was like, oh, fuck, this is not going no, anywhere good. <laughs> I loved she tried to get into that peacekeeper role and then realized that that's generally the person who ends up with everyone turning around and screaming at them. She she was very quickly out of that role. You know how you know that a cast is perfect is when the next gen are the ones bringing it and the OGs or spiritual OGs are all looking back in shock. That is a good episode for a very strong cast for a near perfect season. I'm going to call this season so far. Many people, including myself, had great concerns that Erica, it was going to be a fucking mess and it was just going to be like the big Teddy energy with everybody else together. And it just has been so extraordinary. And I feel like the sun of it all is so nuanced because she's demanding grace while refusing not to while refusing to extend it if yeah. that makes any sense yeah, it like makes perfect sense. she she's she has already expressed the f- anger she has felt over a specific word the word violate being used yep. crystal answered her question are you implying that there was something having to do with a creepiness that was in any way sexual Crystal has said no. She has said, look up the gen- the definition. Yep. She's been abrupt and concise, I would say, in her answers. But she has done that. And yet these women won't listen to her. So they continue to try to teach her about something that they happen to be wrong about. They might infer, but yep. that's not the only use of the word. And it doesn't mean that Crystal was wrong to use it. And nobody seems to get that. No, no. They keep trying to explain, but can't you see why it has this bigger meaning? And she's like, I'm literally telling you how I intended it and how I felt. What's wrong with that? And then she stops and no one else stops. They keep trying to relitigate the issue and re-explain and re-explain. And she's like, you're not going to change me off the mark on this. And now I think even if Crystal can understand, because I think Crystal's very smart and I think she understands Mm -hmm. that they're trying to 
bring her around like, oh, I understand the colloquial use and how that could be misinterpreted. That's not what I meant. She said that. She just said it in a less touchy-feely way than maybe they wanted her to. But she said, this is how I meant it. Don't try to make me change what I've said. And I think she's dug her heels in now. She's like, no, you're not moving me off this mark. I and my ugly leather pants will die on this hill. And you're not moving me from it. And you can all have this weird breakdown about the use of a word. I'm not wrong. Whatever. Um, I think other ugly leather pants is an iconic moment. It's going to be a shirt. Iconic moment. Oh, my God. (laughs) I didn't actually think the pants were that ugly. I don't own pants. (laughs) I truly don't. I have. I definitely don't don't have any leather pants. These thighs and leather do not go together. I am a dresses and skirts girl and skirts are not my priority. I am a dresses person. That is my, you know, when you do the personality test, my, my personality test is dresses, skirts, and then like. PJ attire you can get for a dollar at TJ Maxx like that is who I am that is my being that is my person and so like our I I think they're fashionable I don't wear pants but the line delivery is so good Mm -hmm. after so many great line deliveries I mean the fact that Sutton thinks she's volleying a ball by being like you're not of this world and Crystal's response is like, LOL, duh. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. Have we not? I don't know that we have seen a new housewife come into this space as in control of herself as Crystal is yeah. and understanding that she does not need to adjust her sense of power according to how Sutton feels about the delivery or response. Like Sutton is obviously in a different space there could be genuinely some hormonal stuff happening. It, we have no idea what's going on. I do believe her when she says she's not like aware of what's happening. Also, oh, she's it, at clearly going through right? it. Right? And if someone's saying, why are you upset? And you don't know. And they keep saying, and you're like, maybe it's the dog, maybe it's the kids, maybe it's the house, but you don't, you're not lying. You genuinely don't know, or you don't want to say, and they keep asking you, you're going to get more upset and you're going to find a target. And the easiest target is the person who maybe is still pissing you off. Well, she was mad at Crystal's face. She was mad at Crystal's face, but I think she felt embarrassed about the gifts. And Mm -hmm. I think the embarrassment to set her off a bit and she's mm-hmm. off anyway. It's clear that she's going through stuff. She's living in Kyle's house. Like there's a lot going on for her, but you also know you're going to be on a TV show, like meditate mm-hmm. before filming and get it together or don't, or just mm-hmm. own that you're going to be a mess on TV. One of the two. And it's clear she's going through it and she doesn't understand, but to continue attacking crystal, isn't going to get her anywhere. Cause crystal's like, I said what I said. I don't understand why we're still here. And I love that about Crystal. She knows who she is. She's not ashamed of who she is. She's not embarrassed of who she is. And I really enjoy that energy. She's not going to come in and bend to this group of women, but she's also not unhinged in it. Um, Mm -hmm. She's not Leah throwing tiki torches naked and Mm -hmm. screaming her own strength and independence. She's Mm -hmm. like, no, it's a full sentence. I just, I'm loving it. And it's definitely pushing the women's buttons. Oh, yeah. This is going to turn at a certain point because Crystal has an enormous amount of 
she's just a power. She feels powerful. Yep. And I fucking die for that, regardless of how you feel about how she's wielding that power. I am extremely into this journey for all of us. And at a certain point, I could see there being a moment with somebody else. I would love to see a Rinna thing happening. I don't think it's going to be anything this season. And also let's start at the very ending and start of be- instead of beginning and just acknowledge that like Sutton and Crystal are LOLing, joking, kisses on social. So this does end well. Who knows what will yeah. happen at the reunion. But if you feel like you have to defend someone so strongly because um, you think that person is still harming them, that's no longer the case. They're telling us through their X's and O's that it's okay there, which is good to know. Yeah. It also feels like we can then enjoy it more. Yeah, I feel like Sutton at some point will have the realization of what's going on with her. I know there's definitely times in my own life when I've reacted to something Mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, that where did that come from? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm having a moment. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But I like that Crystal refuses to get swooped up into the hurricane of it all. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's triggering for the women, too, because they're used to trying to placate one another and that's been Mm -hmm. their dynamic but the women of beverly hills trying to placate each other's feelings never ends well and crystal's taken a different path of just standing her ground but standing it um with kind of grace and strength and not getting messy with it i don't know i i don't think she's trying to poke at sutton to make sutton break down i think sutton is just continuing to break because that's the place that she's in at the moment so i don't think crystal's actively trying to harm her from from what I'm watching. It feels like Crystal is someone who can step out of a situation. She can step out of herself as a way to self-protect and as a way to be like, you are giving so much to me. I am not going to acknowledge it. And I don't mean that in a dismissive way. I just mean that like there's nothing good that can come from this. So I'm going to continue having fun, talking to whatever, you know, LOL. I'm not going to participate in this dynamic. And So that's Crystal and Sutton is like so inside of herself that she doesn't know how to get out of it when she's feeling something and she's caught in it and she feels attacked or upset or in pain or anxious. She only knows that she has to express it. And if you don't apologize for how she feels, you are wrong. Like you need to tell me that you're sorry for making me feel bad without understanding that she is responsible in many ways for feeling that bad. That's not actually Crystal's responsibility. If Crystal intended to make Sutton feel bad and Sutton felt bad, there can be a conversation there. Although that is in and of itself very nuanced. Why did Crystal feel that way? Like then you, it's like a whole thing. But in this dynamic, Sutton feeling bad is not enough. Crystal has said she didn't mean the use of the word was sexual and that she's also saying it wasn't wrong. Right. Like it literally definitively in the, the definition of it is the way that I expressed it. And I am not going to apologize for being right about using a word because it makes you feel bad because you have a, a, a sense of what that means to you. And you feel like you're being attacked. And we acknowledge that Sutton is being honest about feeling attacked. But also, Crystal's not responsible for that. And she doesn't – you you can demand an apology and also should be able to understand why it's not deserved. Right. And Crystal, Crystal's not actively 
attacking from what I'm seeing. Yeah. She expressed how she was feeling. I got the sense from the Tahoe trip that Crystal, though self-possessed and pretty strong, might have felt awkward around the women. This is her first time mm -hmm. really filming away with the women. And mm -hmm. she and Sutton had had this weird thing because Sutton is acting a bit off and this is first interactions. And then Sutton comes busting into her room and is like, oh, I don't know what's all going on in there. And Crystal's like, whoa, bro, what? It, what? Like, you came into my room. Like, mm -hmm. what is happening? And it could have diffused, but there was that kind of comment. And then they had a moment and talked about it. And then I thought it was done in Tahoe. And then it was Sutton was not done. And Sutton's like, because I'm not done, it means you're keeping it going. And it's like, no, that's not how it is. And Crystal... It seemed just wanted to have her side heard out by the other women. And I don't know. I'm just glad that Dorit and Kyle aren't still going on about how oh much Dorit God. talks and Kyle interrupting. I was like, please stop it. Just please stop. <laughs> that was that like stopped. so that was so petty, but also like very Beverly Hills. Yeah. No choice but to stand that moment because it was so stupid. And thank God it wasn't the full season. Oh, God. You know, it could have been. They have a record there. Yeah. It, it could have been. Let us all. Have a moment of grace. Say a little bit of a muzzle. Thank the network for the mitzvah of what we are <laughs> witnessing right now. Let it wash over. And we're not going to talk about it today. But guys, we will talk about it next episode. The craziness of New York. New York, yeah. the, the season I wish I yearned to say I never saw. This is the antidote to that. This is the answer of why do we watch Real Housewives? Why do we care so much? How can we have these kinds of conversations about these kinds of shows? Direct people to this season of Beverly Hills. Yeah, it's it's it really is quite fantastic. And New York is Sonia Morgan has just risen like mm. such a shining star in mm -hmm. New York. And I'm loving seeing her get her moment. I have always rooted for her. And I feel like the other women have put her down so much and Ebony's coming in like, no girl, I see your worth. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Also, we now understand how little it matters what these women think now that we have an understanding of their value system and their way of even basic social interactions with people, the way that they are so willfully weaponizing ignorance and also basic respect and decency. And then it's like, Sonia's like, well, they tell me I'm a piece of shit. Well, thank God they do. Imagine what they say. Imagine the kind of person that Lou and Ramona would idolize. Ramona herself is like, yeah, my other friends are superficial. And yet she's the one that shits <sighs> on Sonia. All the time. Imagine yeah. what those other 50 good girlfriends are like. Just imagine. Yeah. I mean, Wild. listen, Wild. Emily D. Baker, I could talk to you forever. Same. I'm so obsessed with you. <laughs> Died for Same. you. The official legal correspondent of Andy's Girls. Care for it. We're going to have to dive deeper into Jen Shaw as we get closer to uh, as we oh get closer God. to trial. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling you tomorrow. I'm going to be like, um, we need Jen to do Shaw. another six hour. I, I uh, what and when is the next? What's the next? They're time set frame? for trial. It looks like the, I think Jen Shaw's attorneys are going to try to bump that trial out, but it's set for trial in October um, because there's a whole bunch of other defendants involved and she came in late to the game. I don't know if her attorneys will get an extension. We'll see. 
there's been motions back and forth with the government and the government just filed their response going, we don't care about your dry contacts. That's not actually a legal <laughs> argument. So we'll, what was we'll dive the, into What that. was the dry She was saying that she wasn't, she couldn't see her right. She couldn't because- see the Miranda waiver that she signed and the government attached it and it's signed on all the lines and looks perfectly fine. And they, the agents let her get up and put stuff in her contacts. They also don't just have you read your rights. They read them to you and say, after each sentence, do you understand? Do you understand? So it's not just a, here, read this, sign some shit, let's go. It's a it's a thorough process, and it's also videotaped. So Maybe yeah. similar to Kathy, who put her, like, eardrops, eardrops in her eyes. Maybe Jen Shaw <laughs> did that, but with her eardrops, her eyedrops in her ears I mean, as maybe. well. She, Anything's possible in the world of Housewives. But we got a lot of good nuggets from her motions we learned that she's taken to some break room and like handcuffed to a chair and and mm. interrogated but i feel like jen shaw was also like tell me why you're arresting me tell me what you're doing tell me what you know i feel like jen was probably equally fiery with the agents because she I would want to know it was probably like a holiday in and she was like do you not was there not a four seasons of ale <laughs> it's like in a different environment different world emily d baker Thank how you. can the people follow you I watch your work. All my things. Hear more. <laughs> Tell us all. What what do we need to do? I am at the Emily D. Baker all over the internet. I break down all of the legal stuff we're talking about at length over on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So you can find mm-hmm. me at the Emily D. Baker on YouTube. And that's where I am on social as well. Twitter, I'm kind of on TikTok and on Instagram. So when stuff happens quickly, Instagram and Twitter are where I respond the quickest and then breaking things down Tuesday and Friday on YouTube live. Do you like TikTok? I'm torn yeah. on t- I have a I have a love hate relationship with TikTok. So TikTok's algorithm has dialed me in and they know me and they know that what I love is like top 10 songs you forgot you loved in the 90s. And I will mm. scroll through that shit for hours being like, oh, my God, I did. I need like a playlist. And then I will lose all of my time to like other Gen Xers like reliving the mid to late 90s and early 2000s. Mm. But I don't put a ton of content on TikTok because mm-hmm. most of my people are on Instagram. So I enjoy kind of the passive watching, but then I feel tremendously guilty when two hours have gone by and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot how much I loved that song. It's like, don't stop it. <laughs> I mean, you and I are both long formers and yeah. God bless us for it. Um, I was having a conversation with a couple of friends yesterday. I was like, I might do my first TikTok, but like, how do I turn on my phone? So we're going to, we're going to see if that plays out. Guys. Do it. <laughs> I'll might... come follow you. It's so Thank- hard hard for me to do that one minute update it's very hard to to get like here's the information you need to know in just a minute because I feel like but also this and also this and also this and also Mm -hmm. that so yeah speaking of sort of interesting are you guys following the Andes girls um everything by subscribing to this goddamn pod that you love so much you should because there's some stuff coming and I'm very excited about it follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley Patreon the number one way to support the people's people's couch and the people's people's podcast patreon.com slash Andes girls uh bonus app that I just mentioned a little bit earlier um will be up shortly it's the number one way to support a G myself, yours truly, and get bonus episodes and so much more. I'm going to do a Zoom key key with uh, AGs at the OG of the AG level and people's people's couch soon. So if you're not on Patreon, please join Emily D. Baker. I mean, thank you. 
Listen, always a pleasure. You know, you know no choice but to stand. <laughs> Actively choose to. Th- stand. I mean, thank you for having me. I love having these conversations with you, and I love that we can get into the nuance of things because yes. there are a couple sides of everything we're looking at, and looking at it from all the perspectives helps us. I think it helps us watch the show going, is it this or is it that? It it brings Mm -hmm. that investigative energy into the show, especially with Housewives in Beverly Hills this season and what we're going to see on Salt Lake. Like we're all sitting at home being at home investigators going, ooh, what is your business? Why don't we understand? I also feel like life is more interesting when it's lived in the middle and it's a hard place to be in. And I don't mean middle in the like not holding people accountable, but just exploring the idea that maybe we don't know it all. And even not in a a sense of like a case like Erica's, but in a sense of hating this person and person X or feud Y, it's like actually we open up parts of ourselves when we don't cancel other people out. It's something I'm working on that I've struggled with, but I'm really actively trying shout out therapist, Amy and Dr. K really trying to like work through that and figure out the ways in which I have been other sides of the spectrum politically or otherwise. And it's like, that's actually not interesting and it's not good. It's like, we really let's try to talk and also be mindful of who we're having that conversation with, because there are some people hint, hint, next episode that aren't maybe deserving of it, but like, let's figure out what we need to do for us. You know, I think like, let's, let's try not to polarize because it's actually what you're doing is just harming yourself. So on that note, listen, follow me on Instagram. Look at my shoes. That's what's most important. That's the real moral authority is my um, clothis. Um, Emily, you know, I die for you. You're welcome back anytime. Happy to be here. Can't wait to chat again. We're going to say goodbye 17,000 times. Yeah, I mean, can't because I don't want it to end. So on that note, guys, stay safe, stay sane, get vaccinated if you can, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation. Please let me know. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a law nerd. And as always, may your family be well. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I'm not even going to correct it anymore when I get it out of order. I'm just going to go with it. That's where we're at. (laughs) That's where we're at. I hope this episode finds you well. Have a good one. And thanks again for being a law nerd. I'll see you in the next one.